than we should when we go into a new year and it's to keep that fervor and to keep that enthusiasm God forbid sustain the promises that we make and the resolutions but God is faithful anyhow no matter what day or what time it is so I thank God for all those who have joined like I said and this time we usually like to open it up to those who may have a prayer or a scripture or a testimony and this is your time now if you're on social media media or if you're watching the stream from our website you can type in any scripture you want read or any comments you may want to make uh, but this is the time that we share so anyone with a scripture or a prayer Absolutely wonderful. Do we have another? Amen. Do we have another? And the one with a prayer or a scripture. Hallelujah. Well, if not, then we're going to continue with uh, worship experience this power hour this afternoon. I want to share with you a scripture that comes from Matthew, the second chapter, and the eleventh verse. Matthew, the second chapter, and the eleventh verse. Matthew 2 and 11. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child would marry his mother and fell down 
and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. Amen. And I wanted to share that with you this afternoon. Hallelujah. And so, those of you who may have shared and the sermon this morning, you know I promised you that I was going to speak about these gifts this, uh, this afternoon in Power Hour. It is an appropriate time. We just came through Epiphany. This would be Epiphany Sunday or the Sunday before, however, you know, you would want to, you know, a church or a group may want to do it because Epiphany, and that is the time when the wise men brought gifts to the child Jesus was Thursday, Thursday the 6th of January. Uh, most people who follow our uh, church denominations, groups that follow the calendar that we follow, bear in mind there are other, other groups, other uh, Orthodox and other types of um, of Christian groups that don't follow the same calendar. As you know, the calendar changed several times just since Jesus was born. Um, but uh, we uh, celebrated mainly in the Western world uh, on the sixth day of January each year uh, when the wise men brought gifts to Jesus and it's a big deal it's a big deal in uh, many of the mainline churches uh, it's epiphany epiphany um, it's a time of celebration epiphany is a wonderful word coming from the Greek meaning manifestation or something of that sort or when something suddenly appear when something miraculous supernatural happen and uh, sometimes it's described as an, uh, an epiphany so it's an important word secular secularly and also an important word in our religious and Christian experience. It should tell us something though, uh, Epiphany, as regards to when the three wise men brought gifts to Jesus. It should tell us something, Epiphany, that this was not an ordinary event. The um, wonderful Christmas cards picture, the wonderful Christmas stories, the wonderful um, insertion of that event into carols. I mean, it's just wonderful. 
which three kings of Orion are, you know, bearing gifts from afar, you know, wonderful. But when we look at it from a more deeply spiritual viewpoint, and why we may want to contemplate, or as we contemplate, and reflect on the on the hist history of, 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 of what we regard as epiphany. The very word, like I indicated before, means that something special, something remarkable, something fulfilling, something extraordinary, something above the ordinary uh, happened by the three wise men traveling great dis a great distance, scholars believe maybe Babylon or some place like that, somewhere in the Mediterranean, uh, somewhere in that area, and it would have taken them, uh, yeah, above the Mediterranean, of course, in a, what we call Mesopotamia, would have taken him quite a quite a quite a, quite a, uh, a long time to get to Jesus. Uh, most scholars believe that uh, by the time they got to Jesus, he was a, a little bit more than a baby, more likely a toddler or something like that. Traveling on camel is not like. Um, taking a train or airplane uh, and that's several hundred miles that had to be traveled and um, and uh, previously we spoke about this star and one of our power hours and uh, scholars have determined that that um, bright planet and supernova or whatever it may have been. Most believers a supernova was more than likely visible for a long time. Anyhow. But to get to what I really, really, really want to share with you all this afternoon as it has to do with the three gifts presented to Jesus by the Magi coming into where Jesus was. Not necessarily the place that he was born. Uh, the text mentions house and, and uh, not necessarily in a part of the house that was a stable um, because some time seemed to have transpired uh, sometime by the time, as I said before, the Magi got to Jesus. But they came and they worshipped him, even though they, they, you know, they were somewhat delayed to some degree, or they had stopped by uh, Herod, and of course Herod said, well, find him, and I'll come and worship him, intended to kill Jesus, you know, 
because it was being declared that he was going to be king. Herod certainly didn't want somebody else in line to be king. As it turned out in history, uh, at least four of Herod's sons, uh, after he died, they weren't king, but they were rulers. By the time Herod the Great died, uh, the Roman government had had enough of Herod. In fact, they were somewhat fed up with the Herodians, as we call them today. But um, they were, and they were assets to the Roman because they were cruel. They were demanded. They were autocratic. They were ruthless. And they made sure that Rome was taken care of. Taxes were collected. But to put one Herod in charge of the whole of Judea and, 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 and Samaria and other areas was just too much for even the Romans to digest. So uh, they, they divided up the territory, they Herod the great kingdom into four parts, eventually mainly like three parts called tetrads. And um, that comes up in the scripture later on. Other Herods are mentioned, Herod Agrippa, uh, and, 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 and his other sons. Um, um, Sometimes people confuse the Herods and think it's all one Herod. No, it's Herod the Great. And then came his sons, and they're mentioned uh, from time to time. Maybe the main one is Herod Antipas, who was uh, who was really hounding, hounding Jesus. Um, really, Jesus tried to avoid his territory uh, before the time of his crucifixion. But anyhow, these wise men finally got to Jesus with these three gifts. somewhat fulfilling a prophecy out of Isaiah 60 that talks about nations coming in camels and worshiping uh, king in Jerusalem bearing gold and frankincense. In this particular passage in Matthew as regard to Jesus, the three gifts of gold are gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Just about every scholar agree that gold represent royalty. This morning in my sermon, I share the very fact of their uh, giving Jesus gifts to begin with was a sign of royalty. That's why they bow down when they got there, recognizing Jesus as king. As a matter of fact, king of kings. Amen. Gold. Um, 
still a need, I don't believe, to explain what gold has been over the centuries um, to society. They discovered very early that it was lasting, it was pretty, uh, it didn't tarnish, and stuff like that. Pure gold is something that lasts. And so it's always considered something of royalty. So by giving Jesus that gift, gold, it represented the recognition that he was king. And in fact, as I just said, king of kings. Most scholars agree that frankincense, frankincense, which is the, you know, an incense, uh, frankincense and incense, something that gives off, you know, smell, uh, used in worship that the frankincense represent the fact that this king would be worshipped all over the world. Amen. This royal person, this Jesus, this King of Kings, gold will be worshipped. And that's what frankincense was symbolic of. I said this morning also that, you know, the very word um, gifts, we don't see it that much in English, but in other languages, the word gift of itself means royalty. And so these were gifts as we have in a saying in our in English, uh, gifts suited for a king. But somewhat, I find it interesting, the third, well, all interesting, but even more so, the third gift, the third gift of myrrh. Well, many scholars have written about how that symbolizes myrrh and uh, anointing and you know mourning and we are keenly aware of uh, Jesus was uh, anointed uh, and now um, before it actually you know was completed so to speak um, uh, at his you know at his death he, he has resurrected um, when the woman came to the tomb to anoint him. So scholars have always said that, you know, that really has to do with the fact that he died and was resurrected for us on the third day. I, I am mindful, though, of something else that I 
not that I necessarily disagree with the scholars, but I have a perspective on myrrh. Myrrh is also in its compounding and its usage a painkiller. Uh, mixed in such a way like sour vinegar as we would call it and often was given to people for pain for pain it is described in Jesus's crucifixion that when Jesus said I thirst that he was more than likely given a sponge with this myrrh on it because they may have thought he, would, he meant that he was in pain. I share this morning the reciprocity of gifting. Of when you give a gift, you really sharing it with that person. When someone gives you a gift, it's share the love, the meaningfulness, the 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 the, the, the understanding of fellowship is shared in a gift, a gift that never all that there is in sense of I give you something and that something in that gift of me or you remains in the gift as a reminder, as, 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 as you know, token, as a symbol or whatever, whatever of someone's appreciation for another, someone love for another, so to speak. That's why I believe perhaps the best gifts that, that are often given, and any gift is, you know, is great. I, I don't, I'm not disputing that. If somebody give you a toothpick as a gift, that's, that's wonderful. It's not the cause and, but if it has some meaning to it, if it has some some connection to some emotional relation, some friendship relation, some something, if they, that's why you know some people are so careful, and they uh, and when they buy or obtain gift for other people, they really try to make it something special something meaningful, something lasting in a sense that even if it's something that is consumed, but people can remember it and connect to it for a long time afterwards, if not for life. So I think about myrrh, and I think about what Jesus did for us on the cross. I think about our king was crucified for us. I think about how we worship him as king, but how he shared our anguish, our pain, our disappointments 
our betrayal when we are betrayed in life things that are negative that come up in our life how that myrrh represents and symbolizes that on the cross Jesus suffered and died for us in all majesty to resurrect on the third day anyhow that we may continue to worship him in spirit and in truth oh I connect and I think I understand the royalty of the gold and God knows many of us try our very best to worship Jesus in spirit and in truth but I'm telling you many of us connect with Jesus because of the pain that he bore for us in the brutalizing of his body and the jeering and the and the speaking disparagingly about him even as he died on the cross was dying on the cross the flogging and the whipping and the mocking of Jesus all that he endured for us and so when I think of epiphany I think the great mystery of the church the great mystery of our Christian relationship to Jesus and to God and to one another through the Holy Spirit is to remind us that in all that majesty in all that came after his birth that we recognize him as a son of God and worship him but ultimately when he hung on the cross that myrrh tells us he suffered and died for us that today we can give him the glory because he is a risen Christ and we thank God as we say for Jesus hallelujah so that's what I wanted to share with you on this Epiphany Sunday and um, hoping that God continue to bless us and give us this 